All right. Good morning. Oh, a little short. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, you have joined us today for the Congregation of Prayer Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It is, oh, did I already say it's Monday? I did not, I don't know, August 21st, 2023. Did that out of order. And uh, our Congregation of Prayer today will continue in the well, farewell discourse of Jesus, the last discourse of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, which has to do uh, with the last judgment and the final, uh, final, final things, the last things, all right? And today with the fig tree. Uh, I am pre-recording this because I am out of town, as uh, you've probably heard in the last few days. Um, Naomi's surgery was back on, and we were able to schedule it uh, for this day, for Monday, so uh, likely she's already back um, in surgery at this point. If all goes as planned, I think this time we won't <laughs> it won't be canceled on us, and uh, and we'll know more as to the prognosis uh, after surgery. We know what it is, so the likelihood of success is pretty high. We don't have to worry about cancer or that sort of thing. So, um, well, but still, keep uh, keep her in your prayers today, throughout the day, and the days ahead, that uh, surgery is successful and that uh, she recovers quickly, so we can come back home. I can be with you in person. All right. So let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living, and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we pray our psalm for this week, Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I will sing I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. A stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand this, that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold your enemies, O Lord, for behold your enemies shall perish, all evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies, and my ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our verse for the week is my confirmation verse, so I already know it by heart. Maybe you do too, all right? Uh, Or maybe you learned it from a different translation, so uh, read along with me. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. Again, for by grace you have been saved through faith, 
and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Our catechism for this week is not the third article of Creed. It is confession. There we go. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins, and second, that we receive absolution, that is, forgiveness from the pastor as from God himself, not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. All right, so you can hear uh, confession and connected to yesterday's uh, gospel text, right? The Pharisee and the tax collector. Um, by the way, uh, I mentioned this I need to mention this pretty much every time we come to confession. Uh, what Luther has in mind here is not what we call the general confession and absolution that we do before divine service, right? Or corporate confession and absolution. What Luther has in mind is that you would confess your sins personally, privately to the pastor and receive absolution personally and privately, right? On your head for your conscience. Um, it happens so rarely. Um, I, well, I know that many of our our members are. Can y'all hear me? Dasha, where the heck are you? I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, what were you we saying? Oh, confession. Um, that many people um, have sins that they know and feel in their hearts that are not um, currently confessed. That they've heard the word of absolution proclaimed before divine service, um, but they don't believe that it is personally for them, that their sins are too great or too serious um, or too secret. For, for the Lord to forgive, right? And that's where private confession absolution is such a gift um, for Christians. So uh, at some point, right now it's by appointment, but uh, I think having regular time for that uh, will make sense, right? So um, look to that. Maybe in the fall here, we'll start that again, certainly for Advent. Okay, our reading is from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and will make them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth 
before all the nations. Uh, so as much as we hear doom and gloom from Jesus in the uh, last times conversation, and even as we heard earlier in the last couple readings here from Isaiah, um, previous, 59 and 60, so you hear there's always restoration, especially in Isaiah, the restoration is rich and it's full. That's the good news of the gospel. So as much as our sins are brought um, before God for judgment, so they are forgiven, they're absolved, and God restores what he has torn down. He lifts up the brokenhearted. He uh, exalts the lowly, the ones who he's made lowly, humble. He even raises the dead, the ones whom he has killed, he raises back to life. Um, and that's the picture of confession and absolution, death and life, resurrection. Okay. Our reading for catechesis then is from Matthew 24. All right. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know summer is near. So you also, when you see all things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of son, the Son of Man be. For as the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. All right. A uh, fig tree. We've actually talked about the fig tree, but it's been uh, probably a couple of weeks. It was back Matthew 21. Remember when he cursed the tree because it bore no fruit? That was uh, Matthew 21, verse 17. There, just a refresh. Uh, now, in the morning, he has returned to the city. He was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when his, the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also you will say to this mountain, Zion, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. All right. Now he tells a parable of the fig tree, right? It's a little bit different theme, but kind of the same idea, right? Um, that you know that summer is near when it puts forth the um, tender and tender branch, right? Putting forth leaves, all right? And so the point is, when you see these things happening, remember the signs of the judgment, we heard those on Saturday, when you see the wars and rumors of wars, when you see um, the desolation in the holy place, you know that the destruction of Jerusalem is near, not necessarily the destruction of the whole world, the destruction of Jerusalem. It was very particular, all right? And notice it's seeing, it's not hearing, it's not touching or feeling, it's seeing. What does Jesus then say is certainly true, or assuredly true, that the, this generation, meaning the apostolic, those disciples before them and those around them, will not pass away until these things have taken place? Hmm. That includes the preaching of the gospel to the ends of the earth, the famines, the earthquakes, and the tribulation of these days. Right? So it has all, they all have their immediate fulfillment in the life of the apostles. That doesn't mean that they don't still apply to us, um, but not in the same way, of course. Then he transitions with 30, verse 35, right? He changes from talking about the destruction of Jerusalem to the destruction of the end time. Remember, we saw that distinction on Friday, right, between the two. 
when will these things take place and when will be the end of the ages or the end of time, right? Two different judgments. Now he transitions himself here to heaven and earth passing away, the end time. But notice what will not pass away even in e- into eternity, the words of Jesus, right? All right. Then he says, of that day and that hour, no one knows. What's the significance of the day and the hour, that language? You hear it quite a bit more in John's gospel, but it's here too. This is the words, um, the words used by the prophets to indicate the final judgment. The day of the Lord or the hour has come. That's, that's the time of judgment, right? That will help you understand, of course, our Lord's crucifixion being the hour of judgment. Uh-huh. The final judgment, really. Already and not yet. <laughs> All right. Um, who knows the day or the hour? No one. Not the angels of heaven. Not even the Son. Just the Father. Um, what will be the coming of the son of, uh, son of man be like? All right, now we give an analogy, and not an analogy, actually a, a prototype, if you like, and that is of Noah and the flood those days. Right, that's a picture of the last judgment given ahead of time. Right, so that would the coming of the son of man be like? What were the people doing when the flood came? All the things they enjoyed, right, eating and drinking, marrying, giving into marriage, acting as if nothing was happening, and there was no need for repentance. Tomorrow will come. Hmm? Uh, but was there a sign of the coming flood? No. It was only the preaching of Noah. Right? They heard Noah's preaching, but there were no signs until Noah was shut up in the ark and then the rains came. Right? So that's, that's uh, true for us too. There is no sign of the last day except the preaching of God's word. Right? The only sign you need is Christ and him crucified. We heard that on Saturday. Still true. Right? Listen to preaching in his word. All right, and then what's the point of 40 and 41 with the two men and one taking the other left, two women, one taking the other left? Oh, it's the rapture. Look at that. Uh, no, it's the sheep and the goats. It's the wheat and the tares. These people are seemingly identical, right? And yet one is saved or they're separated out in the judgment, just as Noah was separated out uh, from his neighbors in the judgment or the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats, right? All those pictures of judgment. They're indistinguishable to anyone but the Lord, right? Such it is with faith. All right, so now this is the conclusion um, to, to, uh, of Jesus' answer to the disciples' question about um, the temple, right? Um, how did he say it? It was back. Uh, we should just recap that too. Now, when he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And that was in regards to not one stone being left upon another of the temple, the destruction of Zion, Jerusalem, and the temple. Uh, but here he concludes the an- or he concludes his answer with the parable of the fig tree. With this parable, he makes it clear that there will be many signs of the approaching destruction of Jerusalem. The curse upon Jerusalem, like the curse upon the fig tree, will come true before the passing of that generation. It will be a confirmation of the enduring character of his word, not only of curse, but also of blessing. Yet there will be no sign of the end of all things because he has given us his word and sacraments to be prepared for that day. Just as Noah believed in the word of promise and built the ark in the sight of his neighbors by which he would be saved, so the church is slowly built in the midst of the world by the preaching of the gospel until the door is shut and the unbelieving will perish. There is no salvation outside the church, that is, the place where the gospel is preached and the sacraments administered, according to Christ's command. The church stands as the ark and the new creation for all to see, but just as in the days of Noah, many ignore the call to repentance and the forgiveness of sins. All right. All right. We have a terrific hymn uh, that connects baptism and confession together, uh, which is the way it should be. Confession for the forgiveness of sins, renewal of baptism. 
baptismal waters cover me as I approach on bended knee. My Father's mercy here I plead for grievous sins of thought and deed. I look to Christ upon the tree, his body broken there for me. I lay before him all my sin, my darkest secrets from within. Lord, may your wounded hand your healing to my broken heart. Your love alone can form in me a heart that serves you joyfully. From your own mouth comes forth a word. Your shepherd speaks but you your hand now stretches out, forgiving sin, destroying doubt. Baptismal waters cover me, Christ's wounded hand has set me free, held in my Father's strong Isn't that terrific? Right, so it uh, rightly gets the Lutheran emphasis that confession is for absolution, right? It's not simply to enumerate sins or to make recompense or restitution for what you've done, but it's to be forgiven, right? Which is the gift of your baptism. All right, very good. Uh, let's see, I do think we have a commemoration today. What is 21st. Oh no, it was yesterday. Yesterday was Samuel, the holy prophet and judge of Israel. Um, well, yeah, I can give you yesterday's commemoration. Why not? Samuel was Israel's last judge. His father Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penaniah, or Penina. Penina bore Elkanah many children, but Hannah was barren. The family was pious and went up to the yearly sacrifice at Shiloh. One day after eating there, Hannah went to the place where God was worshipped. She was greatly distressed and prayed silently to the Lord as she wept. Eli the priest, after first making, mistaking her condition, realized she was in great anguish. He, assert, he assured her that the Lord would hear and answer her prayer. Hannah vowed that if she bore a son, she would lend him to the Lord as a Nazarite all his days. Her prayer was answered, and she gave birth to her little child, whom she named Samuel, because the Lord had heard her prayer. Samuel means the Lord hears. When he was still a lad and weaned, newly weaned, she went with Elkanah to the sacrifice and presented the lad to Eli. She explained that the Lord had given this child to her in response to her prayer. Now she was giving back to the Lord. So the little boy stayed and ministered to Eli. The day came when God revealed himself to Samuel. 
calling to him three times. At first, Eli thought the boy was dreaming, but when he persistently returned, saying, Here I am, for you called me, Eli realized that God was speaking to the lad. He told him how to answer. God called Samuel yet again and pronounced judgment against Eli's house. Samuel was hesitant to tell the old man the words of God, but finally did so. As Samuel grew up, all Israel realized that he was a prophet of the Lord, for the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. 1 Samuel 3.19 Samuel judged Israel for many years, but sadly his sons, like Eli's before him, did not follow the Lord as their father had. The people demanded that Samuel give them a king. Samuel was displeased and warned the people what a king would do. Still, they insisted on having one so that they could be like the other nations around them. First, at God's instruction, he anointed Saul of ben Hamin, Benjamin, as Israel's king. When Saul proved unfaithful, he turned from the Lord. Samuel then anointed Jesse's youngest son, David. Samuel died prior to Saul, and Saul, in great dismay at having no guidance from God, sought to call up Samuel's spirit. The apparition told Saul that he would be with him by the next day together with his sons. Samuel is remembered as a man of prayer whose intercession for the people of God was constant. He is remembered above all for his statement, quote, to obey is better than sacrifice. This would be a theme that the later prophets would constantly repeat. Indeed, the, even the psalmist does. To obey is better than sacrifice. We pray. Almighty God, in your mercy you gave Samuel courage to call Israel to repentance and to renew their dedication to the Lord. Keep us and all your people in the grace of repentance, that by the blood of Jesus, the Son of David, we may continually receive and rejoice in the forgiveness of all our sins. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We pray. Almighty and everlasting God, always more ready to hear than we to pray, and to give more than we either desire or deserve, pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things that we are not worthy to ask except through the merits and mediation of Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merciful Father, you promise us that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As I come before you for confession and absolution, teach me to consider my place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Work in me true contrition and repentance. Give me a desire to live a new life. Help me to know and confess my sin truthfully. As I receive my Savior's forgiveness, comfort my conscience, renew my life, strengthen my faith in him, and restore me to the joy of your salvation. All this I ask for the sake of my dear Lord Jesus Christ, who died for me and shed his blood for me upon the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. Amen. We pray this day for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. All right. We pray this, uh, well, actually we pray with Jerry celebrated, Jerry. Kip celebrated his birthday yesterday um, and today with Nicole. We pray with Linda, celebrates her baptism this day. Pray with Dale and Anna, or Anne, who celebrate their anniversary yesterday. We pray for the households of our church, especially that of David, Sylvia, Susan, Kevin, William, and Eugene. Pray for catechumens. Pray for all those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Joe, Melanie, Kelsey, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Eileen, and Ron. Doug, Beverly, Donna, Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, our homebound went uh, Marcella, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline, the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. Continue to pray for the Tupper family, and we pray for Naomi, 
who uh, likely is having surgery at this very moment, and uh, give ask the doctors to give her give them skill and uh, to be and success that she receive um, removal of that which might afflict her and also healing according to the Lord's will. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation at prayer for this day, Monday, August 21st, 2023. Um, Thank you for your prayers. Keep us in your prayers. I'll be in Cincinnati for a few days yet. Um, I'll end up uh, recording this for you there or maybe even broadcasting live, depending on the schedule, see how things go. And um, yeah, that's the plan. And uh, hopefully we can get in next door to the uh, Ronald McDonald house. That would be great. It's much better than sleeping on a terrible bed in the pullout thing in the in the hotel room, or excuse me, hotel room, hospital room, right? But uh, one way or another, um, God willing, we'll be home in a few days, maybe three to five days, and uh, Naomi will have had successful surgery. So, uh, Lord be with you all, and keep you safe too, and we'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.